Chapter Thirteen of the Life and Adventures of Nat Love, also known as Deadwood Dick. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life and Adventures of Nat Love, written by Nat Love. Chapter Thirteen. On the trail with three thousand head of Texas steers. Rumors of trouble with the Indians at Deadwood. The roping contest. I win the name of Deadwood Dick. The shooting match. The Custer massacre. The view of the battlefield. Government scouts at home again. In the spring of 1876, orders were received at the home ranch for 3,000 head of three-year-old steers to be delivered near Deadwood, South Dakota. This being one of the largest orders we had ever received at one time, every man around the ranch was placed on his mettle to execute the order in record time. Cowboys, mounted on swift horses, were dispatched to the farthest limits of the ranch, with orders to round up and run in all the three-year-olds on the place, and it was not long before the ranch corrals began to fill up with the longhorns as they were driven in by the several parties of cowboys. As fast as they came in, we would cut out, under the boss's orders, such cattle as were to make up our herd. In the course of three days we had our herd ready for the trail, and we made our preparations to start on our long journey north. Our route lay through New Mexico, Colorado, and Wyoming, and, as we had heard rumors that the Indians were on the warpath and were kicking up something of a rumpus in Wyoming, Indian Territory, and Kansas, we expected trouble before we again had the pleasure of sitting around our fire at the home ranch. Quite a large party was selected for this trip owing to the size of the herd and the possibility of trouble on the trail from the Indians. We, as usual, were all well-armed and had as mounts the best horses our ranch produced, and in taking the trail we were perfectly confident that we could take care of our herd and ourselves through anything we were liable to meet. We had not been on the trail long before we met other outfits who told us that General Custer was out after the Indians, and that a big fight was expected when the 7th U.S. Cavalry, General Custer's command, met the Crow tribe and other Indians under the leadership of Sitting Bull, Rain in the Face, Old Chief Joseph, and other chiefs of lesser prominence, who had for a long time been terrorizing the settlers of that section and defying the government. As we proceeded on our journey, it became evident to us that we were only a short distance behind the soldiers. When finally the Indians and soldiers met in a memorable battle, or rather massacre, in the Little Bighorn Basin on the Little Bighorn River in northern Wyoming, we were only two days behind them, or within sixty miles. But we did not know that at the time, or we would have gone to Custer's assistance. We did not know of the fight or the outcome until several days after it was over. It was freely claimed at the time by cattlemen who were in a position to know, and with whom I talked, that if Reno had gone to Custer's aid as he promised to do, Custer would not have lost his entire command and his life. It was claimed Reno did not obey his orders. However that may be, it was one of the most bloody massacres in the history of this country. We went on our way to Deadwood with our herd, where we arrived on the 3rd of July, 1876, eight days after the Custer Massacre took place. The Custer Battle was June twenty-fifth, seventy-six. The battle commenced on Sunday afternoon and lasted about two hours. That was the last of General Custer and his 7th Cavalry. 
How I know this so well is because we had orders from one of the government scouts to go in camp that if we went any farther north we were liable to be captured by the Indians. We arrived in Deadwood in good condition, without having had any trouble with the Indians on the way up. We turned our cattle over to their new owners at once, then proceeded to take in the town. The next morning, July 4th, the gamblers and mining men made up a purse of $200 for a roping contest between the cowboys that were then in town, and as it was a holiday, nearly all the cowboys for miles around were assembled there on that day. It did not take long to arrange the details for the contest and contestants, six of them being colored cowboys, including myself. Our trail boss was chosen to pick out the mustangs from a herd of wild horses just off the range, and he picked out twelve of the most wild and vicious horses that he could find. The conditions of the contest were that each of us who were mounted was to rope, throw, tie, bridle, and saddle and mount the particular horse picked for us in the shortest time possible. The man accomplishing the feat in the quickest time to be declared the winner. It seems to me that the horse chosen for me was the most vicious of the lot. Everything being in readiness, the forty-five cracked and we all sprang forward together, each of us making for our particular mustang. I roped, threw, tied, bridled, saddled, and mounted my mustang in exactly nine minutes from the crack of the gun. The time of the next nearest competitor was twelve minutes and thirty seconds. This gave me the record and championship of the West, which I held up to the time I quit the business in 1890, and my record has never been beaten. It is worthy of passing remark that I never had a horse pitch with me so much as that Mustang, but I never stopped sticking my spurs in him and using my quirt on his flanks until I proved his master. Right there the assembled crowd named me Deadwood Dick and proclaimed me champion roper of the Western Cattle Country. The roping contest over, a dispute arose over the shooting question, with the result that a contest was arranged for the afternoon, as there happened to be some of the best shots with rifle and revolver in the West present that day. Among them were Stormy Jim, who claimed the championship, Powderhorn Bill, who had the reputation of never missing what he shot at, also Whitehead, a half-breed, who generally hit what he shot at, and many other men who knew how to handle a rifle or forty-five colt. The range was measured off 100 and 250 yards for the rifle and 150 for the Colt 45. At this distance, a bullseye about the size of an apple was put up. Each man was to have 14 shots at each range with the rifle and 12 shots with the Colt's 45. I placed every one of my 14 shots with the rifle in the bullseye with ease, all shots being made from the hip. But with the forty-five Colts I missed it twice, only placing ten shots in a small circle, Stormy Jim being my nearest competitor, only placing eight bullets in the bull's high clear, the rest being quite close, while with the forty-five he placed five bullets in the charm circle. This gave me the championship of rifle and revolver shooting, as well as the roping contest, and for that day I was the hero of Deadwood and the purse of two hundred dollars which I had won on the roping contest went toward keeping things moving, and they did move, as only a large crowd of cattlemen can move things. This lasted for several days, when most of the cattlemen had to return to their respective ranches, as it was the busy season. Accordingly, our outfit began to make preparations to return to Arizona. 
In the meantime news had reached us of the Custer massacre, and the indignation and sorrow was universal, as General Custer was personally known to a large number of the cattlemen of the West. But we could do nothing now, as the Indians were out in such strong force. There was nothing to do but let Uncle Sam revenge the loss of the general and his brave command, but it is safe to say not one of us would have hesitated a moment in taking the trail in pursuit of the bloodthirsty redskins had the opportunity offered. Everything now being in readiness with us, we took the trail homeward bound and left Deadwood in a blaze of glory. On our way home, we visited the Custer battlefield in the Little Bighorn Basin. There was ample evidence of the desperate and bloody fight that had taken place a few days before. We arrived home in Arizona in a short time without further incident, except that on the way back we met and talked with many of the famous government scouts of that region, among them Buffalo Bill, William F. Cody, Yellowstone Kelly, and many others of that day, some of whom are now living, while others lost their lives in the line of duty, and a finer or braver body of men never lived than these scouts of the West. It was my pleasure to meet Buffalo Bill often in the early seventies, and he was as fine a man as one could wish to meet, kind, generous, true, and brave. Buffalo Bill got his name from the fact that in the early days he was engaged in hunting buffalo for their hides and furnishing U.P. railroad graders with meat, hence the name Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill and Yellowstone Kelly, with many others, were at this time serving under General C.C. Miles. The name of Deadwood Dick was given to me by the people of Deadwood, South Dakota, July 4, 1876, after I had proven myself worthy to carry it, and after I had defeated all comers in riding, roping, and shooting, and I have always carried the name with honor since that time. We arrived at the home ranch again on our return from the trip to Deadwood about the middle of September, it taking us a little over two months to make the return journey, as we stopped in Cheyenne for several days and at other places where we always found a hearty welcome, especially so on this trip as the news had preceded us, and I received enough attention to have given me the big head. But my head had constantly refused to get enlarged again ever since the time I sampled the demijohn in the sweet corn patch at home. Arriving at home, we received a send-off from our boss and our comrades of the home ranch, every man of whom, on hearing the news, turned loose his voice and his artillery in a grand demonstration in my honor. But they said it was no surprise to them, as they had long known of my ability with the rope rifle and forty-five colt. But just the same— it was gratifying to know I had defeated the best men of the West and brought the record home to the home ranch in Arizona. After a good rest, we proceeded to ride the range again, getting our herds in good condition for the winter now at hand. End of chapter 13